最佳听众互动奖得奖的是 First Story 等等，还有一位是 First Story 和 Discord 共同得奖。First Story 最新推出的 Discord 整合功能是为听众管理新标杆，将拥有会员资格的听众自动加入 Discord 群组。这不仅减少创作者的负担，也为听众带来丰富的互动体验，获得全台 Podcaster 一致肯定。体验这个惊人的功能，立刻点击叙述栏链接，让你与听众互动更上层楼。The top diplomats of the U.S. and the U.K. took a united front on Taiwan in a press conference on Tuesday. Speaking after their meeting in Washington, U.S. State Secretary Antony Blinken and U.K. Foreign Secretary James Cleverly said that. Peace in the Taiwan Strait was a shared priority. The officials said they had discussed a coordinated approach for engaging with China, in hopes of influencing its actions in the region. Also on Tuesday, Blinken issued a statement urging the World Health Assembly to include Taiwan as an observer. British Foreign Secretary James Cleverly visited Washington D.C. and held a one-hour closed-door meeting with U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. Their talk centered on the Russia-Ukraine war and China's threat in the Taiwan Strait. A shared approach、uh, when it comes to key issues like ensuring peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait, as well as looking for ways to cooperate with China where we can work together to solve big challenges. That's what people around the world expect from great powers, and it's in our collective interest. Blinken referred to the UK's latest foreign policy report released in March, saying there was a strategic alignment between the US and UK on their China strategy. Cleverly said the same, emphasizing that the UK, like the US, must confront China's inappropriate activities and strengthen alliances with Indo-Pacific allies. And we have to engage with China directly, robustly, regularly. To seek to influence the decisions that are made in Beijing, whether that be on the maintenance of peace across the Taiwan Strait. The security of the Taiwan Strait has become a global issue. In its latest foreign policy report, the UK emphasized the importance of stability in the Strait and of peaceful dialogue for resolving the Taiwan question. Last month, cleverly warned that no country would be spared from the impact of a war in the Strait. Taiwan is a thriving democracy. And a crucial link in global supply chains. A war across the Strait would not only be a human tragedy; it would destroy world trade worth 2.6 trillion dollars. With the World Health Assembly to open in Geneva on May 21st, Blinken issued a statement urging the WHO to include Taiwan as an observer. So far, countries with similar principles have already demonstrated stronger support and more diverse forms of support. Or, that is to say, they're speaking out at higher levels, speaking out more and more strongly. Our diplomatic allies will also initiate motions to support us, and we're making thorough preparations for that. We hope that this year, support for our participation in the WHO will reach an unprecedented level. Since taking office in January 2021, Blinken has issued three public endorsements of Taiwan's inclusion in the WHO. Turning now to the latest in the 2024 election, the DPP's presidential candidate Lai Qingde is rallying strong support from within his party. Notably, a campaign alliance is forming between him and President Tsai Ing-wen. The leader of the Friends of Tsai Ing-wen grassroots organization reportedly met with Lai to discuss the vote. 
A senior member of the group, former Health Minister Chen Shizhong, says that Lai is the only option for 2024. At CyberSec 2023, Vice President Lai Qingde underscored the importance of cybersecurity for Taiwan. Yesterday, President Tsai Ing-wen attended the opening ceremony of CyberSec 2023 and said that cybersecurity is national security. This statement illustrates how cybersecurity is extremely important to Taiwan. During my time as Premier, I championed President Tsai Ing-wen's call that cybersecurity is national security. I spearheaded a national initiative to build up Taiwan's cybersecurity. Lai brought up Tsai repeatedly during his address. Ahead of the 2024 election, the two officials appear poised for further collaboration. Recently, former Health Minister Chen Shizhong, who now represents a Tsai support group, publicly endorsed Lai's presidential bid. The support group's leader, Yan Zhifa, reportedly met with Lai to discuss the election. These moves could signal the coming together of Tsai's and Lai's political factions. <laughs> The Taiwan Friendship Group supports the continuation of a Taiwanese government. In other words, Lai Qingde and his vice president are the only option we support. In the future, there will be systematic planning and coordination between the two sides to help Lai get elected. We will announce any plans for activities once they mature. Chen said the Tsai support group would strengthen its cooperation with Lai in hopes of a DPP victory in 2024. New Taipei Mayor Ho Yo Yi is facing heat for his handling of the so-called garbage mountain of Ugu. Early into his term, the mayor cracked down on illegal trash dumping in Ugu district, turning the site into a recreational park. The transformation was touted as a major achievement, but the DPP isn't buying it. At a Tuesday press conference, party members demanded answers to the question, where did the garbage mountain go? I have been following up on Taiwan's waste disposal problems for a long time. In the waste management industry, it's an open secret that, perhaps even at this very moment, there are trucks that take construction waste and even discarded soil from New Taipei City to central or southern Taiwan. Truck after truck transports this material, and where do they go? They go to farmlands in central and southern Taiwan, where the trash is buried in the fields or dumped in fish ponds. It's dumped on farmlands or fish ponds, making everyone miserable. So Mr. Mayor, before you run for president, stop tossing your trash on other people's doorstep and creating trouble for others. Don't just shovel the snow off your own doorstep by turning Ugu into a verdant paradise, leaving us to wonder where its 170 tons of garbage ended up. Mayor Ho, do you know where the trash went? Was it all dumped in central and southern Taiwan? In response to the allegations, Ho asked critics not to negate the work of his administration. He said the administration of New Taipei had made continuous progress on issues including social welfare, public infrastructure, education and culture.
Now on to the world of craft design. The works of eight Taiwanese crafters will be displayed at exhibitions in Washington, D.C. and New York in May and June. The show will feature Taiwanese green crafts such as rush grass weaving, bamboo weaving and paper carving. Our very own Stephanie Yang caught up with some of the artists to learn more about their works. She skillfully transforms the rush grass into beautiful and intricate designs such as a dog, a pig, and even a boat. This one is a tatala boat handwoven by Zen Meiyu. Tatala boats are used by indigenous Tao people. Zen began rush grass weaving in 1996 and since then has won multiple awards. Through her rush grass works, she hopes to tell the world about Taiwan and also preserve the craft of grass weaving. This big boat is made by the indigenous Yami people. If you've never seen it in person, you wouldn't know the story. But at the exhibition in the US, we will be able to tell the story. After the boat is built, you must throw it into the air. After you toss it up, the owner of the boat, which is the one on the top, will be stable and not fall. Many people have never seen the ceremony, but if you were to see it in person, you would be very moved. I use rush grass weaving works to tell the story. There is also Hong Xingfu, a paper carving master who has been perfecting his craft for 40 years. He's both an artist and a teacher, and has exhibited his works in over 20 countries and 100 cities around the world. Many of his crafts include animals that are unique to Taiwan, including rare species of butterflies and eagles. This time when we visit the United States, there are many handicraft items that will be on display. I am skilled at paper art. Besides presenting creative works that show Taiwan's unique creatures, one of my most important tasks is teaching others. Over 20 art pieces by Taiwanese craftspeople will be displayed at an exhibition in Washington, D.C. in May and in New York in June. There will be three exhibition areas titled Earth, Community and Mind. The main theme of Taiwan's exhibition is Homeland. What is Homeland? It's your homeland on Earth. Why is our curatorial theme Homeland? We wanted to highlight our interactions with the Earth. In many works, many craftsmen use marine waste, agricultural waste, recycled materials, and sustainable materials to make their crafts. First of all, Taiwan should put its culture out there for the world to see. Secondly, Taiwan needs to let the world see its efforts in environmental protection. Third, we should let our multiculturalism be seen by the world. The first exhibition will be held at the Overseas Community Affairs Council in Washington, D.C. from May 12th to 31st. The second exhibition will be at the Taipei Economic and Cultural Office in New York from June 7th till June 30th. Through the exhibitions, organizers hope to allow more people to see the beauty of Taiwan's unique craftsmanship. FTV reporter Stephanie Yang and Li Yihan in Taipei. Shareholders of chipmaker TSMC got a dividend surprise on Wednesday. The company's board approved a cash dividend of 3 NT per share from its first quarter earnings to be paid on September 14th. That's more than the 2.75 NT issued for eight consecutive quarters. 
TSMC has some 1.37 million shareholders. The Executive Yuan's National Development Fund is a major shareholder and will earn a dividend of about 4.96 billion NT. TSMC founder Morris Chang stands to gain 375 million NT if he still holds the 125 million shares he had at retirement. Also on Wednesday, TSMC announced its April earnings. Consolidated sales rose 1.7% month-over-month but decreased 14.3% compared to last year. Sales in the first quarter months of the year fell 1.1% compared to the same period last year. Travelers are back on the move. Taoyuan International Airport welcomed its 10 millionth passenger of the year on Tuesday. Since the borders reopened on October 13th last year, monthly arrivals to Taiwan have skyrocketed, jumping from 670,000 last October to 2.74 million in April. Between last October and this April, the airport's passenger volume was 68.6% of what it was pre-pandemic. In related news, construction is now 46% complete at the airport's Terminal 3. Officials say once complete, the terminal will boost the airport's service capacity and drive growth in the national economy. After years of COVID restrictions, many of us are itching to travel abroad again, preferably at a bargain price. Today, we talk with travel insiders on how to score the best airfares. They say that it all comes down to timing. If you can be flexible on your dates, keep an eye out for clearance deals and regular promotions. If you want to fly on a long weekend, avoiding the first day of the break could mean big savings. In the post-pandemic era, the itch to travel is stronger than ever. Despite airline ticket prices soaring high, there are ways to score a bargain. If you're flexible on your dates, you can keep an eye out for promotions. Most airlines release discounts once a month, while budget carriers run sales as often as every two to three weeks. If you have some flexibility and are willing to travel wherever, I would advise that you wait for promotions. Bigger promotional campaigns are usually launched every six months. The thing is, the dates and destinations may not be what you want, so you have to look closely at what's on offer. One option not for the faint of heart is waiting for last minute deals, which offer even bigger savings. Traditional airlines release these fares any time between two weeks and two months before departure. Budget airlines do so one to three weeks before. Take Cebu Pacific, which will be releasing deals in May and June. Their offers are quite the steal, with fares dropping from 10,000 to 6,000 NT. EVA Air, China Airlines and Starlux do this as well, because after all, an unsold seat is a loss. If you want to visit a popular destination on a long weekend, experts suggest booking a year in advance. It's either that or not departing the first day of the holiday. Flight availability hasn't yet returned to 2019 levels. This year, the price differences are much wider than before. If you're heading out during a long weekend, the first day is usually the most expensive, so I suggest setting off one or two days earlier or later. That way, you can save 3,000 to 5,000 NT. as always, if you're planning a trip, make sure to shop around to score the most economical option. 
Inflation is continuing to take a serious bite out of paychecks. According to the latest government statistics, the average regular salary was 45,286 NT in the first quarter, a yearly rise of 2.41%. Factoring in bonuses and overtime pay, the average total paycheck was 70,543 NT, a bump of 2.36% from last year. But once inflation is taken into account, the picture isn't so pretty. Real regular salaries actually fell by 0.19% and total compensation fell by 0.3%. These are the biggest yearly decreases in seven years. Inflation isn't making the same impact across all sectors, though. In the manufacturing sector, staffing levels and overtime hours have contracted for nine consecutive months due to a downturn in export orders. It's a different story playing out in hospitality and food service. Regular wages there climbed 1.63% from last year, averaging out to 34,438 NT. Two Taidong brothers are making a name for Taiwan's nascent urban dance scene. Tsai Renhao and Tsai Shaowei taught themselves to dance as teenagers, relying on tutorials on the internet. Recently, the brothers won honors at an international dance contest in France. They spoke to FTV about their optimism for the burgeoning dance scene in Taiwan and their latest project, a dance school for the youngsters of Taidong. Taiwanese urban dancer Tsai Hao tears up the stage. His smooth and humorous locking performances win cheers from other dancers at the next urban legend contest in France. Then it's time for his little brother to take the stage. Tsai Shaowei, also a proficient urban dancer, made it to the final round of this competition. His frenetic moves took him all across the stage. Both brothers made a big impression, the older coming into the semifinals, the younger winning second place. The caliber of Taiwan's urban dancers is really improving continually. We encourage people to get out and compete in different countries. The Taidong natives first fell in love with urban dance as little kids when they saw a dancer on television. They started learning moves from the internet in junior high school with no teacher to guide them. Bit by bit, they mastered the art, and now their home is covered with trophies and certificates. But it wasn't always easy. Their parents opposed their ambitions at first, and even friends questioned their commitment to dance. Everyone thought like, Urban dance is something for hooligans or dropouts. Our parents were quite opposed. When they first heard we were learning to dance until the club performance evening of our third year of high school. When our mom saw me performing, she thought, wow, everyone knows him up there on stage and they're all calling his name. When we go outside Taidong, maybe we seem a bit provincial and sophisticated. But actually, I think if you just open your mind a bit, actually, our creativity and our ideas are just as good as anyone's. As Taidong dancers born and bred, they know what it's like to learn to dance with very limited resources. Now they're making a name for Taiwan on stages around the world. 
they recently started a dance school in their hometown with the hope of giving the next generation of Taidong children a warm welcome to the dance floor. We now take a look at the fate of old clothes. Donating old clothes to charity is very popular, but many Taiwanese charities are calling for people to be more thoughtful about such donations. They frequently get clothes dumped on their door, which they can't use. Just sorting through those items is a burden for volunteers. Today, we hear from four different charities who share a similar dilemma. As fast fashion swells our wardrobes to bursting, it's time to be more careful about how we deal with our old things. A volunteer unpacks a plastic bag of old clothes. They all have to be checked. Some are too old to wear. Others are too fashionable to give away. What worries us most is when a bag of donations is dumped at our door. There might be socks or underwear in there, or things that are old or worn. For social welfare foundations short on labor, it's quite a burden to sort by hand through a mountain of old clothes like this. The most common issue is that donated clothes are the wrong size. For example, a children's home might receive donations of adults' clothes, or they receive formal wear, which is useless for everyday life. Sometimes they must politely decline donations. The clothes people donate are usually quite fashionable. Another thing is the sizes are wrong. This children's home receives donations of out-of-season clothes and factory defects from fast fashion partners. The children here often wear good quality old clothes, and when they grow out of them, they're donated to other organizations. Worn or unusable clothes are given to factories to use as rags. Other organizations have a different system. They sell donations of clothes and other usable items in their second-hand store. It's a way to make money as well as practice an eco-friendly attitude to material objects. If it's really too old or broken, then we collect those items and give them to our partner, a car mechanic, a place which helps us train the kids. They use them as rags for cleaning up oil. We have a very large number of items in general. In fact, they're all sold for just tiny amounts of cash. You can take them home for a few cents. Next time you have some old items and want to get rid of them, take a moment to think. Is this item still usable? And will it be a real gift for the organization I donated to? That way, your good intentions are more likely to hit the mark.